Hey, this is Richard Leacock of Lake Placid, the TV series Doc, 21 Jump Street, and the X-Files, and you are listening to the Don't Go Out There podcast. Well, your husband burned. You didn't by any chance lead him to the lake blindfolded. If I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico. Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all the support. You guys are awesome. Uh, before we get into tonight's film review, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Everything about our podcast is on there, all of our new episodes and interviews. Uh, from episode one to the new the new release one, uh, definitely check out our website. Uh, we have an interviews tab. It's a lot easier to find our interviews there. We've had some horror legends on, so definitely uh, check out our website for that. we got our store. we got some new merch out. Uh, we have Shan's Etsy page attached as well, her tumblers. Um, you can ask her in this episode. are, are probably selling like hotcakes right now. <laughs> so oh, that's great. <laughs> And that's great. And uh, we got our blog. We got all of our social media links as well. Uh, without social media, we wouldn't know each other, honestly, anybody on this show. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You can follow us, like us, subscribe us, all that good stuff. Uh, we love meeting new people. We love interacting with new fans. It truly means the world that we get questions from all over the world uh, on these movies that we all love together. And the last thing I want to shout out on our website is just our Patreon. It's called Blood Donors. We have the one-time monthly donation. If you want to do that, uh, you're a big fan of a movie, you want us to review it, we have that option available. And we also have the traditional monthly reoccurring kind. Uh, it does not go into our pockets. It just goes directly back into the show uh, to help pay for all the things that it takes to make a decent-sounding podcast. So we really appreciate all support. Hey, What's that? Go, that money goes straight to my bank account, man. Come on. <laughs> Mike, you got more than enough money to need the, nah, to need the blood nah, donor money. I don't want to hear that. Spare <laughs> some change when you get a chance. Anyway, <laughs> I, I hear you, brother. Uh, but let's jump into tonight's film review. Um, tonight is my pick. This is our third entry in uh, what we call Monster Movie Month, and we got some new. We got uh, some other guests on with us tonight. Not guests, but you know, fellow co-hosts with us, brother Kevin Scanlon and, and Miss Shan Petrasevich. Uh, we Brian and Dustin couldn't make it tonight, so they stepped up and joined us tonight so i really appreciate that but tonight is my pick we're doing lake placid um like i mentioned last week at the end of jurassic park i was torn between three movies brother mike chose one of the ones i was thinking about jurassic park which i'm glad he did uh great movie um very intimidating honestly just because it's there's so much to absorb in that movie but it's, it's you know we've said this several times the past few weeks that you know how you go from one week to the next in horror you know, we've gone from a quiet place in Jurassic Park to, you know, cinematic masterpieces, you could argue. Now we're doing something I would just call a, you know, just a popcorn, nostalgic 90s horror flick that I really still enjoy to this day. Uh, it's still, I still remember watching it when I was younger, when I was in elementary school, going into middle school and all that stuff. Uh, watching at the house with mom and my little brother. I, I really like this movie. Uh, it's got a really fun cast, in my opinion. It's got some nice nods to other horror movies in it that I really appreciate. 
And I'm not going to – me and Kevin were talking before we started. Is this a masterpiece of any kind? No. But can you just pop this movie in and enjoy it? And even, you know, what, over 20 years later, I still think it's fine. And I'm sure Mike will at least appreciate the short run time. <laughs> uh, so that's all I got to say, really. And Betty White's the GOAT, obviously. But, Mike, what are your opening thoughts on Lake Placid? Yeah, man. So, okay. I have mixed thoughts about the film because like you said, this movie is, you know, kind of a popcorn movie, you know, like it's supposed to be fun and, you know, it's like a fun little creature feature. The problem for me is I don't have a lot of fun watching this movie, man. <laughs> like I, uh, to me, it doesn't hold up very well. Now there's some good stuff in here. Uh, and I'll get to that when we do scene by scene. I, you know, I, I think some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff with the croc is really, really good. You know, outside of some of the bad CGI that we get, um, which, you know, it's 1999, that's fine. You know, that almost adds to the charm a little bit when the CGI is as bad as it is when it's crawling. But when you get up close to the croc, it looks great. And, you know, we'll get into that as well. I think this cast is really good. I think that's what makes me so mad that it's kind of wasted on this really bad dialogue. And I mean, really bad dialogue. Um Look, I like Bill Pullman and and everyone, but I, I man, I just feel like it's wasted. It's directed by Steve Miner, who you know is, directs a lot of other horror movies, and and I think he does a good job. You know, some of the shots they get, I love the uh, just the places they go. It always feels like a lake, like you're out on the lake the whole movie, and I like that that setting as well. So there's some good and some bad, but I think the first probably 38 to 40 minutes of this movie just drags. Um, and I have a hard time having fun with it. You know, I want to have fun with, I want, this is one of those movies I want to like more than I actually do because I like stupid, silly, campy horror movies that don't take themselves too seriously. And honestly, that's kind of why I liked Anaconda because I think it knew what it was. And there are some people that say Anaconda takes itself too serious, but you know, that's fine. I don't think so. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the minute you hear uh, my man John Boyd speak in that movie, you should know it's not a very serious film. But in this one, uh, there's almost not enough camp. And I wish it was just a little bit more uh, cheesy and hokey. But there's some good stuff. I'm excited to talk about it. Go ahead, Kevin. So uh, right off the bat here, I can already tell me and Mike are going to be on the uh, opposite sides here. Because... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I, I dig it. You know, it's it's that classic, like, late 90s creature feature film. And, uh, you know, I actually I actually thoroughly enjoy the dialogue because it's, you know, it's just, it's all sarcastic, all sarcastic and all just, you know, hilarious one-liners, like, <laughs> throughout the entire film. So, so I dig it. So we're, we're definitely going to have a fun conversation tonight, I think. So... Obviously, we all know that I'm the resident Jaws fan. Heads up, there's going to be a lot of comparisons throughout. But while I love Jaws, I also have a thing for cheesy creature feature movies. Normally, they're shark movies, but this one kind of is in the same ballpark. These are the kind of things that I, I enjoy. And I've seen some really shitty ones. Thank you, Sci-Fi, for many of those. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Kevin. I enjoy this one. It's I hadn't watched it in a long time until they said that we were doing it. You're welcome. And then I was like, 
yeah, I'm definitely game for watching this one again. So I enjoy it. That obviously there's some things that could be better, but as a whole, it's it. I enjoy it. You know. All right. I want to. Hey, before you go, Nico, I want to say on Front Street that once Burke's head goes off, I'm in. Like I think it's a fun movie after that point because it's basically just the croc either trying to eat people or eating people or or not just people, animals too. Like once all that happens, I'm like, all right, this movie's kind of kick ass and it's a lot of fun. I just think us getting there and look i'm with you on some of the one-liners they did pop me and i have them in my notes but some of the stuff especially the way the character of kelly is written is just oh can't stand it (laughs) she she could be a much smarter character as a paleontologist that's all i'm saying she is irritating yes (laughs) no i i agree with you kevin i like the uh you know i've seen a lot of criticism about the dialogue as well but i know i don't know i dug the tension between uh, Jack and Kelly, and then the constant bickering between Hector and the sheriff. I just, I, I liked it. It was fun. Uh, but that's just me. But let's jump into the scene by scene. The film starts with opening credits and overhead shots of a lake and forest in the mountains. Title card. The camera dives into the water now, and we see the underwater trees and its roots. Sheriff Hank asks this diver, they actually pay you to tag beavers as he rinses his goggles off. The diver falls back into the water and swims over to the beaver dam. Sheriff eats a Twinkie and turns on the radio. The diver pokes his head into the beaver dam and we get a POV shot of something swimming towards him. He sees a turtle and then he's jump scared as the beaver dives into the water by him. Suddenly the diver is grabbed by something and pulled under the water. He screams and we see him try and fight to get above water. The sheriff finally sees him as something drags him on top of the surface. The sheriff grabs a paddle and sees the oxygen tanks float to the top. The diver grabs the side of the boat, screaming, don't let go, as we see the crocodile teeth biting his body. Sheriff pulls him over the side of the boat, and only his upper half remains. We cut to a museum now as Kevin calls Kelly up to his office. We see Kelly hyperventilating as Myra walks in, asking about why she's breathing like that. She tells Myra Kevin dumped her, and she already knew. Kevin is with Myra now. She says it was a quick thing, but the heart wants what the heart wants. Kelly is pissed. Jack from Fish and Game meets with Sheriff now and says it must have been a bear or a beaver until he looks at the victim's body. Is that, is that how he came out of the water as he stares at the lake? Kelly asks Kevin a bunch of small talk questions and then she says to fuck off. He says this is business. An accident in Maine. A man killed in the lake. Probably a bear, but a fragment of a tooth found. But it wasn't a bear, most likely a dinosaur. Kevin wants Kelly to check out the tooth and she says she isn't a field person. She says, this is Myra's idea, isn't it? She says, she's not going to Maine. This is ridiculous. Then we see Kelly on the plane to Maine, now who is not having a good time as she tells the pilot not to talk to her. Sheriff is telling Kelly what happened, and she says, this is the morgue. Is he in there? Sheriff Sheriff asks her if she wants him to bring the tooth out out to her. Kelly asks the mortician, you really pulled this out the guy? Kelly wants to see the body, and she's mortified when she sees it. She asks how long this attack went on, and she asks to see the lake. Kelly and Sheriff are at the general store. He tells her no one really lives on the lake except an old couple, and teens sometimes skinny dip, but nobody disappears. He doesn't understand why the museum would send someone. Kelly asks Hank about the giant gun until she starts to spray the mosquitoes by her. Jack walks up and introduces himself to Kelly, and she asks if everyone in Maine is anti-museum. Hank Hank says she's rude and sarcastic. They should get along. Jack tells Kelly she can't go. It's not a fact-finding expedition. Kelly now threatens to sue him for calling her ma'am. 
She says she won't interfere as a woman walks up asking if they're going to look for a monster in Black Lake. Sheriff starts to sweet talk her as she walks away. Jack says, all right, let's go. Jack Kelly and the sheriff are on a boat now on the lake. They're at Miss Bickerman's house, and she tells them of her husband's passing away. The sheriff has no record of that. He asks the cause of the death, and Kelly asks if, she, if he was sick or swallowed up. Jack asks if she knew how he died. She calmly says, yes, I killed him. She says he was very sick and wouldn't go to a doctor. On a coherent day, he asked her to kill him. She hit him in the head with a skillet and buried him at the bulkhead. Dig him up if you don't believe me, Sherlock. They're back on the boat, and Kelly asks why the water is so black and no waves. They wanted to call it Lake Placid, but the name was taken. Kelly is traumatized when she learns she has to camp out in tents for two days. Kelly says maybe she'll use poison oak to wipe her ass, and Sheriff yells, what's that, as he pulls a moose's head into the boat. She slaps him, accusing him of throwing it at her. Sheriff, how many deputies you got? Jack asks. All right, uh, Mike, that's the opening set of scenes. What'd you think? Ooh, real close to being the creature of habit there, uh, Nico. Uh, that's all right. I know I look just like Brian, so I completely understand. Uh, <laughs> Did I call you Brian? No, you came real damn close. <laughs> oh, hey, we've done 200 episodes, brother. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I'm just messing with you. Okay, <clears throat> so I like these opening shots. Uh, you know, it, it kind of puts us right into the kind of movie that we'll be getting. You know, everything in the lake I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of the way Steve Miner kind of works the camera here. You get some these, you know, these underwater scenes I think are shot really well. There's some that are POV, and then you get others that kind of look like a documentary. So I think that's a nice touch. Uh, the visual of half his body in the boat I think is a really cool one. Uh, I love the effects on it. I think it looks great. Um, you get this, like, weird three-headed paleontologist relationship thing that I don't – I mean, I get it, but it also, like, no one – is very likable of these three people. So like, I'm kind of not rooting for anyone. I mean, obviously I don't want anyone to get cheated on, but like, again, if I were Kelly, I'd, as soon as, as soon as this woman told me this, I'm punching her in the face on sight. That's how this works. Them's the laws of the streets. You understand how these <laughs> things go. Uh, that's just the way that it is. It's actually really weird to me to see a younger Bill Pullman. And he's not like that young here, but like also much younger than the last movie I saw. <laughs> so just to have the full brown head, of hair, you know, he's kind of a handsome son of a gun in this movie, not gonna lie. Um, some of this dialogue, man, already just kind of irks me. And it's not the one liners, it's like I said in my open, it's the way they write Kelly's character. She, she's somebody we're kind of supposed to be pulling for a little bit, and she's super annoying. I wrote in my notes, I and and you know, Brian, when he edits this, can maybe cut it out, but she's a bitch and a half here, man. Like, she's just not fun to be around and get along with. Um, but I will say, really funny with the not going to Maine, and then the next scene is her on a plane to Maine. I thought that was a good uh, uh, little fun thing. But her, like, thing, like, I I don't know if they ran with it as a whole bit, but she's like, I have a thing with mosquitoes. I have a thing with this. I have a thing with that. Like, I noticed that a couple times. I thought, I don't know, those jokes didn't quite land with me. But the shining star of this set of scenes is Betty motherfucking White. Damn it. She's awesome here. First of all, anytime Betty curses, it's fantastic. That is just the law of nature. And she, the way she plays this character so calm when she talks about killing her husband, even though she really didn't, is so awesome. Like, you can just tell she's being such a sarcastic asshole. I love it. Um, especially when Hank realizes this lady's full of crap. Uh, I love it. 
and again, I'm going to repeat my opening, and then I, I'm pretty much done. Kelly is a paleontologist. She is a smart person. She knows what camping is. And to write her in a way that makes it seem like she thought camping was staying at a Ramada Inn is horseshit to me. And really just, I'm not saying I don't, I'm, I like some of the humor that lands in this movie. But to me, none of this is funny. It's writing her as a really dumb character. And I, the, the, to me, it doesn't make sense given her profession. That's just me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and also, no one threw a damn head at her, man. I, I don't want to hear that. So, she's kind of like picking fights for the hell of it. I don't like that about her character. But um, outside of that, I don't hate the set of scenes. I think it it does a good job of kind of letting me know what schlocky, cheesy movie I'm in for. And I'm okay with it. But again, it's just some of the dialogue and some of the way this main character is written that kind of throws me off a little bit. Go ahead, Kevin. All right, so I guess, you know, it, it's definitely been a while since I had seen this movie. Because <clears throat> right off the bat, in the opening credits, you know, you see Steve Miner, you see Stan Winston, and you see David E. Kelly, all, all three big names in the industry. You know, Miner did uh, Halloween H2O, Friday the 13th, parts, uh, what, two and three? Stan Winston wrote and directed Pumpkinhead. Uh, he created the Xenomorphs for Aliens, the, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. I mean, he's a special effects genius. And then David E. Kelly's been doing, you know, producing and writing for all kinds of, you know, like 90s, 2000s, and even, you know, 2010 shows like uh, Doogie Howser. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? Boston Legal. The practice, boss, all these, all these big shows, Ally McBeal, that everybody was into in like the '90s and 2000s. So right then, I knew I was, you know, I I was gonna love this movie. And um, but from there, I will say the the opening here with those those two early like cheap jump scares were just, you know, they they just didn't hit. Uh, they were they weren't effective. You knew they were coming from a mile away, um, but I will say that I did. Uh, I did really like the effects of the the diver when he was pulled out of the water. I mean, the the half body actually looked pretty damn good. I, I mean, it it was very convincing looking. Say, uh, Hank though, like when he when he pulled him out of the water, I I, I don't feel like the uh, the reactions were necessarily like fitting of the situation like i know for me i'd be i'd be freaking out the entire time i'd be you know holy shit holy shit holy shit i mean that'd be me the holy whole time all the way into the bank i I wouldn't even like slow up i would just drive that thing straight on land hop out and just run for the damn hills but uh, i mean you know he's just sitting there kind of like oh like like what's going on how's there like half a person here and uh, so, I mean, that, that kind of bothered me. But yes, you know, like Mike said, Betty motherfucking White. I mean, she comes in strong uh, just immediately. Like her, I don't know if if her husband dying story like was, was actually written in or if that was just something that was off the cuff for her. But her like deadpan delivery is just spot on. 
And uh, like when she hits him with the, you know, dig him up if you don't believe me, Sherlock. I mean, it just cracks me up every every time I hear it. Uh, and and again, like the uh, the moose head. I thought the the moose head actually looked pretty good, just effects wise, pulling it out. Um, and and just the the setting that we get to open up here, being um, you know, I guess it, it's supposed to be in Maine, but this is all shot at uh, several different lakes in uh, British Columbia. But, I mean, it's a beautiful setting. So, I mean, it's a solid open. So, the movie actually has some similarities to an X-Files episode back from, like, season three where they thought it was, like, a sea monster that was attacking people. Turned out to be a crocodile. There's some other stuff that I'll go through at some point where it actually... If you guys have never seen the movie Alligator, it was on Shudder recently. I don't know if it still is. And there's a few similarities to that. First thing that I remember is I'm like starting into this. It's like, okay, Detective Olivia Benson, here's her cameo. Totally forgot that she was in it for like two minutes at the beginning. So that always makes me laugh because she's such an unlikable character, which is the exact opposite of her SVU character. So when they're talking after they've like, they've come back and it's like, they bring up, maybe it was a bear attack. Like he was underwater. This was not a bear attack. So it's like, immediately my head goes to Hooper being like, it wasn't an accident, it wasn't a boat propeller, it wasn't a coral reef or Jack the Ripper, like it was a shark. Like, let's just go with the obvious. Now, they don't have the crocodiles up there, so this would not be the obvious, but really a bear? Like, it was underwater. That just, to me, was like, who thinks it's a bear? I don't don't know bears attacking anybody underwater, so that was kind of ridiculous. So they send Kelly to do, like, they say she's going to go do field work. And she's like, I don't do field work. Well, can't imagine why with your people skills. Because she the immediately when she gets there, she's, like, talking about scratching her ass and blending in with the natives. Like, it's the wrong way to start working with the locals. Fun fact, when they were, like, when she went to the morgue, they were at the hospital and stuff. Like, they can you can hear someone paging Mr. Minor in the background. Steve Minor was the director. So just a little thing they threw in there. But like the opening scenes definitely kind of had me feeling more along the lines of like Jaws 2, Jaws 3, underwater, they're looking for things. And it's just many of the shots in here are definitely reminiscent of the Jaws series as a whole. And I mean, we know that movie has influenced so many other movies to come and will continue to. I mean, we still see it today. But some of those shots definitely had me feel in those movies. So I, I think it it was okay for the opening. It was I, I like the special effects with the body. Those did look good. We kind of get the feeling, obviously, this is going to be another one of those movies where we're not going to see a whole lot of the creature. And we won't. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because the more you show it, in some of these cases, obviously, now we're relying a ton on CGI. And that's when things really get hokey. Which is, I think, the problem that, like, a lot of the other sci-fi movies in this realm fall into. Is they try and show you it as much as possible. And you're like, that's crap. That's pretty much what I have up for the beginning. Yeah, Kevin, I was just going to say, whenever, like, the sheriff pulls the diver out, I was just thinking, he's, he kind of just reminds me of, like, a fisherman who just, like, broke off his lure. He's like, it's like, dude, you you just pulled out <laughs> half of a body, man. You're like, you need to be freaking out a little more. <laughs> It just wasn't there. It wasn't there. Like, but I mean, I, that kind of goes along with the movie itself. Like, it doesn't take itself too seriously, in my opinion. So, I, I, it kind of fit. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I think like, if he would have been like over the top, freaking out would have been better and more, a right. little more realistic, you know. But anywho, let's move on. We're at the campsite now. Deputy Sharon shows Kelly her tent. She asks, uh, it could be a bear, right? But a bear can't bite off a moose's head. Kelly asks her if they'll be tent mates. And then what's it like to be a woman in the woods of Maine? As Jack gives her a smile. She says she has good hygiene when he asks if she's ever been to Maine. He says it doesn't make sense her being here as a seaplane arrives. Hector Sear, a rich kook mythology professor. She says he treks the world to swim with crocodiles. If he's here, he must think you've got one. Sheriff says no way a crocodile could be in Maine, right? Hector runs up and introduces himself. Hector says he came here to help them find it. Sheriff says crocodiles can't swim in salt water, and Hector says that'll be your little secret. It's evening time now as they're in canoes, and Hector says he he and her had sex. It was vigorous. She denies it. He says he's terrible in bed, and they never remember. Sheriff asks, how could someone believe a crocodile be in New England? As long as its nose doesn't freeze, it'll survive. Hector now calls Sheriff fat as they see White Perch in distress. Suddenly, the sheriff and Kelly's canoe is flipped over. They grab the other's canoe and make it to shore in time. Kelly is on the phone with U.S. Wildlife, but they don't believe her and won't send help until they get confirmation. Deputy Sharon tells Sheriff he needs to look at this. They find a human toe that's definitely been swallowed. Is this the man who was killed, Hector asks. Here's your friend as Hector hands the Sheriff the toe. They got Tom Jones playing as some deputies are digging up a hole to trap the crocodile outside the tents, and the sheriff walks inside as the others are dancing. Sheriff says, you're on official business. This is not a party. He turns the music off and asks about the holes, and Hector says, crocs come on land and are attracted to noise. He asks if Sharon can stay. They were planning on mating. Sheriff says he thinks Hector is mental. Kelly walks up to Jack by the fire, and she says how flat the water is. You could get ten skips on it easily. She tells him of growing up skipping rocks at her grandparents. Jack says it's best if you stayed on shore. She says she didn't fly up here to just roast marshmallows. She says, I was dating my boss who was involved with a co-worker and friend. I don't feel like going back yet. I'm not making it up. She says, I'm here and I'm staying. I really want to be a part of this. He asks, 7 a.m. and she thanks him. He tells her good night and walks to his tent. Sheriff exits his tent and walks over to the woods to pee and hears rustling and twigs break. He goes to scope it out and finds Hector who was laying a spring trap. Hector and Sheriff argue again as all the others run up. Jack says if you interfere, you're gone, and Hector walks away. Kelly says he takes the crocodile business seriously after Sheriff asks, how crazy is this guy? Jack says we should get some sleep as the Sheriff falls into a crocodile trap. The four are on the boat with Deputy Burke. Sheriff asks, why would you want to be underwater with the croc when it's charging these baby hatching, hatchling noises? Hector says they don't see well underwater as Jack stops the deputy. Sheriff drops the anchor. Kelly tells Jack, good luck. Sheriff says Hector can wear this pork chop for luck. And Hector says, maybe you can chew the bark off my big fat log as he falls into the water. Jack and Hector find a cow carcass under the water as the noise device is lowered into the water. Kelly says he's not mental. He's seen every crocodile in the world, even swam with the Niles and never got nipped. The two keep swimming and Jack sees a crocodile's tail behind the stump. Suddenly the anchor line is pulled tight and Kelly falls into the water. Bert pulls the anchor up as Sheriff cranks the boat up. Kelly cries for help as we see the perch in distress again. They race to Kelly and pull her back into the water as Jack emerges the water right behind her. They drive to Hector and pull him on board. Bert pulls the speaker up and has his head bit clean off. Kelly screams as they pull his body back onto the boat. 
All right, Mike, that's the next set of scenes I got. Yeah, man. Okay. So just online, I you know was reading a few things, and this Hector character seems to be very divisive amongst people that either like or hate this movie. If you like this movie, you tend to kind of like Hector, and if you don't like the movie, it kind of seems like he's one of the main reasons you don't like it. I come down somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm not going to lie. To, I, I still think this would have been a really fun place for a Steve Irwin cameo somehow. Uh, <laughs> because just, I don't know, that felt like the right thing to do, especially in a campy horror movie like this. R.I.P. to the goat. But Oliver Platt's character actor is fun. But there, and again, there's some really funny-ass dialogue written for him. But there's also some really just dog shit stuff that he says that it just kind of takes me out of the movie. But I like Oliver Platt. Uh, shout out to Ready to Rumble. You know, we got to crown people off the top rope, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, which is, if Dustin were here, you know, square root of David Arquette and all that stuff. It's there somewhere. You'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> but first of all, Sheriff Hank, my man, saltwater crocs are real. It's a real thing. They exist. I'm from Florida, buddy. I've been in an airboat ride in the Everglades. They're sitting right there up on the bank, buddy. That's how that works. Gators and Crocs cross paths all the time, man. Uh, those are saltwater Crocs. That's a real thing. Anyway, um, I love, again, some of these Oliver Platt lines are really good. Uh, did, did she tell you about us having sex? That was funny. Uh, and so was the your fat joke, which just got me. I don't, I don't really know why, especially coming from him. I thought that was funny. Um, I will say, to quote, to quote the you know famed Jaws movie, they need a bigger boat. What the? I would not be out here looking for this giant croc in a fucking canoe, man. I don't care how big the croc. I don't care if the croc was ten foot. I'm not out here in a goddamn canoe looking for this thing. Uh, so just you know, some bad horror movie character decisions there, and, and I've seen this online too. But there's some like weird pseudo sexual tension here between Hector and Hank, man. It's there. You can't deny it. It's just that's just the way it is. I know they quote unquote hate each other. I'm not buying it. There's some kind of weird love going on there. Nothing wrong with that. I mean weird because they're two kind of weird people, but good for them. It just kind of feels like there's some really good tension there. Um all right. Tom Jones, it's nineteen ninety nine or ninety eight when they filmed it. Tom Jones at the party, huh? Not Cisco or Backstreet Boys or Spice Girls or I can go on. No, Tom hey, Jones. Hey, don't be disrespectful to the great Tom Jones now. Well, I love the song Delilah, which is another Tom Jones classic. <laughs> and but this movie doesn't have no fucking Carlton Banks. This is not what I want to party to if I'm camping. That's all I'm saying. You know, hit me with some I don't know anything, man. Man, think of all the great couldn't afford it. Fair enough. That's it. That Tom Jones was like, of course you can use my song. Of <laughs> Please use my song. Of course you can. Which, no disrespect to Tom Jones because there is some <laughs> other Tom Jones songs I like. I just thought it was a funny song choice to just, okay, 1999, this is what we're doing, huh? Uh, I love that the man, you know, <laughs> they're partying and playing all this loud music and they end up complaining about the, the, the noise because someone needs to go to the bathroom. That's ridiculous. Um, I will say, a lot of people like this. They are the uh, the Kelly and Jack love story. I can leave it or take it. Like it just, I, I don't know if it adds anything, but because I kind of like Anaconda, 
and how they don't have one in that movie. Not really. They kind of let Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube just kind of be their own characters in a way. Uh, and here you have to have some kind of love interest. But hey, okay. You know, Bridget Fonda and Bill Pullman, they look like a handsome couple together. So I'm cool with it. That's fine if that's the direction we want to go in. Um, there's a really suspenseful scene here but it's really hard to take it when Brendan Gleeson is in his underwear. So <laughs> I just have a hard time taking that seat seriously. It, it's good. It's just funny. Uh, falling into the trap being the joke with Hank is kind of funny. Like I like that that ends up being a running gag in the movie. Um, <laughs> Chew the bark off my big fat log is a fucking great line. There's no denying that. Doesn't matter how much I don't like the dialogue. That one was great. Especially just the timing. He's got the goggles on his face, and he's it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> finally, some action here, though, man. Finally, once his once his head gets bitten off, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Because you know, we see the croc in the beginning kill someone. We haven't really seen any of this croc since we finally get the head bitten off, and it's fantastic. Of course, no one no one just happened to see. Everyone was looking the opposite direction when this man's head was getting bit off. Now, come on, man. Come on. All right. I feel like I'm being nitpicky logic tonight, but sometimes I just I just need a little bit. That's all. I can forgive a lot. I forgive a lot of lack and lo- of logic in horror movies. I do. I mean, when it works, it works. But nobody was looking when this man got his head bit off. Come on, man. That's all I'm saying. But, no, I actually really like this set of scenes because I think there's some funny – one-liners, and we get a little action from the croc. And this is where the movie does pick up some. There's still some kind of draggy dialogue in the next set of scenes, but, you know, we at least have gotten some action with our main villain, quote-unquote. I'll save that for the end. I don't think this croc is a villain at all. So bad for this croc. Anyway, but, yeah, no, that's all I have on this set of scenes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this is where they obviously introduce Hector. And, uh, you know, for me... Obviously, you know, I'm on the side that thoroughly enjoys this movie, so I love the character of Hector. And on top of that, I love the the chemistry that he has with Sheriff Hank. Like, it's it's immediate. Like, the second they meet, you know that those back and forths are are just going to be hilarious throughout the rest of the movie. And it's just, you know, great comedic delivery back and forth between those two. This is is also kind of like, you know, when you start to get that, that feel, though, that, you know, kind of like how Shan brought it up a little bit earlier, that they tried to go more of the, um, like, the, the Jaws direction. You know, they wanted the um, the viewer's imagination to kind of let the, let, the, let the imagination do the thinking for them and, and kind of determine in their mind's eye how big that they think this croc is going to be. And uh, and I, I think it's like 37 minutes is about the the first time you actually get like a slight glimpse and it's just the the tail going behind a stump underwater and then a couple minutes later you know when it when it pops out and bites Berg's head head off you can kind of get a better understanding of how big this thing is just based on the side but you know to also to Mike's point with the CGI that was one of those areas where I was like ooh you know CGI looked a little rough there with the the crack's head coming out of the water and and the water coming up I thought that looked kind of, and then, um, but then the, you know, just kind of back to, to Hector and uh, the sheriff, you know, like their interactions here, 
you know, they find the, the decomposing toe, you know, and he, he holds it up to him. He said, was, was this the man that was killed? He seemed taller. Like it just those, those little interactions back and forth with each other just got me throughout this whole, whole movie. And, um, you know, later on when, when, uh, the sheriff or Hank almost shoots him, you know, they're having this like little arguing spat back and forth. And this had to be like one of the first times I think I've actually kind of caught on to that back and forth. You know, he's, he's, you know, Hector to Hector's side of it, where he's, you know, talking to him, like, you know, I'm doing this to save your life. And he hits him with, this is meaningful for you because the longer you live, the more sex you get to have with your sister. And that was just another line that just had me rolling as I, as it, you know, came out. But, um, you know, that was, that was like my big thing about this set of scenes was just that, that chemistry between those two. But, um, Outside of that, I don't have much else on this set of scenes. Okay. So Kelly continues to be completely unlikable, making the insults like about why she wouldn't be in Maine. Why? Because I have good hygiene and I have clean it. Like you just want her to die. She's just, she's very unlikable. Hector showing up like he is, he, I, I think he's entertaining. He's some of his one-liners are definitely out there but i found him entertaining for it the sheriff kind of like enforces that local yokel mentality though like saying he's no brain doctor like you're not helping yourself in this case like mike said if i was looking for a large crocodile or whatever bit a man in half i'm not gonna be out there in a canoe like that's insane i you work for the parks department or whatever it is you, you know what's out in the woods. You know these kind of things. Like, it's... No. You're not going out in a canoe. The jumping white perch, I kind of took them somewhat similar to how the music kind of serves as a warning, like in Jaws. Like, it's telling us that the shark is nearby. Well, in this case, we get a visual instead of so much of an audio um, that every time you know that the crocodile's near, you see the fish jumping. So I thought that was kind of a good use of not doing the same route of, okay, we're just going to use music to show you that it's here. Like I said, referencing the movie Alligator. So the toe line and stuff, that actually was like a direct reference back to the Alligator movie. Um, An alligator, a medical examiner tells Robert Forrester how they got a big toe once without the rest of the body and then had a funeral. The detective replies, must have been a pretty small casket. They, so they mirror the joke when Oliver Platt asks Brendan Gleeson if a big toe they've discovered is the man that was killed. And Gleeson replies, he seemed taller. So just a little throwback to that movie. Like I said, it was on Shutter. I don't know if it still is. I have my scuba certification. All I got to say is, like, I haven't gotten to scuba dive in nice, clear crystal waters. Like, I live up on Lake Erie. So... I've done the scuba diving and the murky, like, that's what we have up here. I'm not going to be getting down in the water and looking to see what is around. See if I can find this thing that bit somebody in half. Like, hey, I can only see, like, five feet in front of my face. But let's go somewhere where it's in its natural, well, somewhat natural habitat and just see what I can see. Like, obviously, they get disconnected when they're down there. Because that's it. If you get out of sight of wherever you're at, it's in that kind of water, it's pretty easy to lose track of who you're with. So 
uh, them going down there just that that was horrible pl- like I, why would you think that was a good plan like that's about as stupid as getting on canoes um and then when Burke gets his head bit off it's like it has that feeling right before he gets his head cut off or eaten that it's like when um Sorry, I told you, lots of Jaws references. <laughs> but when Roy Scheider's, like, chumming at the boat, and right when we see the shark for the first time, and it pops up, except in this case, obviously, like, he gets the guy and off goes the head. Like, so we get a small glimpse of what we're about to deal with, which is exactly what happened in Jaws. So it's like, they're using some of the things that worked very well and using them to their advantage. Um Without completely just exact copies of, oh, this is what they did. This is what we're doing. So I think those, I think the scenes in there worked. Two quick things, Nico, before you go. One, you don't go looking for any kind of animal in a five foot fishing sloop except for a fish. Okay. So that's one. So the fact that they're in these tiny boats is annoying as shit. If that alligator or croc, whatever, excuse me was eight foot. We're not going in a little five foot boat to go look for it. Two, two. This movie, to me, I remember liking more years ago before I saw the movie Crawl. Uh, Oh, excellent movie. That movie is fantastic. And it's an alligator, but very, you know, similar thing. I loved that movie. And I think that movie hurts this movie, my ability to enjoy this movie for some reason, because I think that was a very, like, alligator crocodile movie done the right way and so i yes. go back and i'm like man i wish i had never i almost wish i'd never seen crawl i feel like i would have been what that one's not supposed to be campy though that's, that's no no yeah yeah for sure brother mike me and you staying disagreeing i actually really didn't like crawl that oh much oh my god bro that's <laughs> such a good alligator movie what? that was a great movie i oh, love that just, movie it, i'd have to rewatch it but i remember not really caring for it oh but, uh, buddy <laughs> Let's jump back to the scene by scene. Uh, Sheriff tells a state patrolman no one saw and walks away as he says, you sure it didn't get caught in the outboard? No, it didn't get caught in no damn outboard. U.S. Wildlife's on the way. They want to keep it quiet from the press. He asks Kelly if she's okay. Hector tells Sheriff he's very sorry about his deputy. He was a good man. Hector now tells Sheriff of his dreams where he had no head. Sheriff says, I'm sure you're a fine person, <laughs> but it'll be best if we didn't speak. Sheriff is caught in another trap as he hangs upside down by his foot. They pull the sheriff down and he's free. He chases Hector with a log as a bear runs up on them. It roars at them but is suddenly snatched into the water by a giant crocodile. They all look in shock and Sheriff admits, yep, it's a crocodile. Kelly says it's an Indo-Pacific crocodile. Hector says some asshole flush it down the toilet from Hong Kong. Sheriff says he's never heard of a croc crossing an ocean. Hector and Sheriff argue again as Hector says, he knows karate and take your best shot. Sheriff punches him square in the face. Kelly asks Jack if he's okay and says she can treat his wound. She says her dad was a surgeon if he likes stitches. You should have seen the look on your face when you saw the crocodile. He asks if she's having the time of her life and she admits it. This is the first time I've ever actually been in the middle of anything. She says we should go to bed. I mean we should go to rest in our separate tents and Jack exits and thanks her for the bandage. We now see Hector and Sheriff watching Nile Crocodile film. Sheriff asks if he thinks this is a mutant. He asks, why is the croc here? And Hector says, I don't know. Jack, Kelly, Sheriff, and Deputy Stevens find a giant footprint in the ground. 
Hector lands in the cove as they take a, a mold of the footprint. Kelly steps on a branch and a head flies up at her and she panics. A snake crawls out of its mouth and Kelly says she wants to go back to her tent. Jack says, you gotta be kidding me, as he sees Miss Bickerman leading a cow down to the water to feed the giant crocodile. Come and get it, she yells as we see the croc snatch the cow. She says, I haven't broken any laws, and Sheriff explains all the charges he could get her on. She says she's been feeding it for six years. She says she didn't tell them because they'd hunt it and kill it. She says, now if I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. He asked her the crocodile killed her husband. She says, yes, but it was a mistake. One of our horses got loose and Bernie got killed when he tried to intercede. This is his lake now. Sharon tells Hector, you can't do this. She says she'll have sex with him. Let's just get out of here. He's not going to hurt me, he says, as he falls back into the water. Sheriff tells her she's on full house arrest as Sharon radios to Sheriff Hector. Hector went swimming. Sharon watches the water closely. Hector emerges the water and swims slowly back to the helicopter. He hears snarls and turns around and sees the crocodile just feet away from him. Oh my, suddenly I feel a bit foolish here. You're different from the others. Holy spirit of Sobek. Holy ghost. Holy shit. He tells her to turn the ignition. She gets it crunk up and, say, and says she'll shoot it, but he yells it won't penetrate its hide. Hater throws a blow-up device and the croc attacks it. He climbs into the helicopter and the croc attacks the helicopter. Sharon shoots some goofy-sounding bullets at it as they make their escape. And the next set of scenes are the ending. Mike, go ahead. Got them Halloween 4 bullets. <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's for sure oh geez uh, okay so you know here it kind of seems like we're about to get a little bombing moment with hank and hector i'm a little excited for that because you know again i think there's some uh underlying tension here if you know what i mean and then it's it's just ruined by hank hank pretty much gives him a big double bird man fuck you <laughs> i thought it was really funny i don't know why um wow i wrote it down wrong in my notes but that's okay um this is a badass scene when a croc eats a bear, man. That's just the way it is. You know, there's a couple things that I've already said that are just laws of nature. This is one of them. What a cool-looking scene, man, which is, you know, hilarious when you think about how big a bear is and how huge the croc's head and mouth looked over this bear. I thought it was a really cool shot, man. Uh, I know it's mostly CG, but, man, that was – man, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I actually really love what Hank – Punch Hector. It reminded me of the movie Friday because uh, Hector got knocked the fuck out. I thought that was funny, especially with the karate. You're supposed to say go. Supposed to say go. That's some of the funny stuff they gave him to say for sure. Betty White, again, steals the show. She, she's the Shawn Michaels of this movie, man. She's the show stealer. Absolutely 100%. She, she the one. <laughs> if I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. That's fantastic. And I don't know who wrote that for her, but her delivery is so perfect it's not dry it's 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 intentional and i think it makes it so much funnier that she has this attitude it's been it's just so good to see her here but she's a the ripe old age of 76 here i believe so this was made like 20 years before you know 21 years before she left us unfortunately r.i.p to the goat but <laughs> but you know i'm kind of on her side man like leave that crocodile alone like i don't know you know, and I get we're supposed to, you know, this goes back to the Harambe argument, which I don't really want to get into, but, you know, uh, you know, just leave the crocodile alone is all I'm saying. Now, officer, fuck me, another great line. Fantastic diss right there. I'm stealing that, Betty. So it, I know you're listening and watching somewhere. I'm stealing that from you. That was a good one. Um, 
there's a great shot from behind here as the croc starts to creep up on Hector. I think it's it's fantastic. It, it, it's scary. It's probably the most horrifying thing in this whole movie outside of some of the CGI. <laughs> I, I, I think it's such a really good shot. The underwater view of Hector behind the croc. And then you get the whole long view of the croc from head to tail. And that is really, really a good shot. I think there's some good cinematography and camera work here. Great suspense. And the shot of the you know, our croc eating the helicopter, trying to pull it down into water is really, really good. Like this is the stuff I like about this movie is, it's just, just like almost intense action part of the film, I think really works for it. Um, and we come a long way since Jaws. Like I wouldn't want this movie, like I wouldn't want this movie to be made at the same time that Jaws was, but since we have the ability to, I don't know, have this croc do whatever the fuck we want it to, I think this shot really works well when you're when he's chomping down a helicopter. Um, would that have been, that would have pissed me off if I saw it in a classic like Jaws? It doesn't piss me off in a movie like this, so I think it works really well. That's all I had. I thought this was a little bit of a fun set of scenes, but there's in the middle here. There's just a lot of dialogue that it's not that it's bad. I just don't really care. I kind of want to get to the action, so I guess that's where I'm at. Yeah, this uh, this set of scenes just more classic back and forth between Hector and Hank, you know, just after Bert gets his head bit off and he's trying to try to cheer him up by telling him his headless dream that he had, you know, his parents wouldn't let him in the house because they had all these antique lamps. They like calls them like sons of bitches or something like that. I don't, I don't even remember what it is, but it's hilarious. And then, you know, how the, the neighborhood kids used his head as a soccer ball and he was just happy to be a part of the game. <laughs> And uh, it was just, it was, it was a good, like, you know, tension breaker and everything. And uh, and then obviously that leads right into that that bear attack, which, you know, the, the CG actually looked pretty good because they didn't, like, hang on the bear or anything like that. So, like, it was pretty quick. So the CG didn't look terrible there at all. But, you know, that's also, like, if, if we weren't already at that point, I feel like that's that's kind of the point where, you know, if I, I see this, you know, huge 30-foot-long crocodile, I'm like, fuck it. Best we do, pack up, get out of here, put some signs up for the locals and the tourists, and just, you know, hope to God this fucker doesn't come to town. And, uh, like, this, this lake belongs to the croc. Like, everybody just stay away. Uh, but then... Um, you know, this is also, you know, after, you know, Hector and, and Hank have their little little fight, that's that's when they kind of start to maybe not necessarily become friends, but they're more friendly with each other. Like, I, I think that was just kind of needed to, to uh, you know, break that tension pit between them. And, um, and then, uh, but, you know, you had the, the severed head, which first glance, you know, looked like a, uh, a mannequin head that was just made up but second glance it, it, it looked better uh, especially with the uh, the snake coming out of the mouth but the uh, the the CGI on the the cow attack I thought looked rough here it, it just like the the way it looked on the camera it just it didn't it didn't land very well uh, but then you know Betty white back on full display obviously she's she's got the best dialogue in the entire movie. You guys already already laid it out, and uh, so I won't I won't harp on that anymore. But but you know, officer, fuck me, like Matt, you know, Mike said, hilarious line. 
Um, the one issue I had with um, the scene with Hector and the uh, the the female sheriff, I, I forget her name. Um, when he's underwater, there's you know it shows like a like a shadow going over top, you know, like like it would be the the crock going overhead. But you know, I find it hard to believe that he didn't see this thing as he's coming up and surfacing, and then all of a sudden he hears it breathe behind, he hears the snout go off with the air, and he turns around, it's like right in his face. So I I, I don't know if that was you know just cut weird or or what, but that. That, I mean, it's very nitpicky, but that just kind of bothered me. But uh, that's really all I had on this set of scenes. Obviously, the crocodile jumping out of the water and grabbing the bear, that's like the big oh shit moment. You're like, okay, we see what we're truly in store for, and like this is what we're dealing with. That kind of shows us like, okay, we, we know what we're dealing with for the rest of the movie here. And I mean, obviously, how far into the movie are we at that point when that's happened? So obviously we're not going to see a whole lot of the crocodile. They make the joke about some crocodile being flushed down the toilet by some asshole in Hong Kong. It's another reference to the movie Alligator um, in which the little girl uh, flushes a baby alligator down the toilet and it grows into this huge thing that's down in the sewers. So like I said, multiple references to the movie Alligator in this one. Betty White's character saying that PETA would be, like, all over her for her mistreatment of the cows. She was actually, like, a major spokesperson for PETA, so obviously that line was intentional. When they find the print on land, that just gives me Jurassic Park vibes right there, and seeing as how Stan Winston was involved in both of them absolutely makes sense. Obviously, Betty White definitely steals, steals the whole movie with her lines in these scenes. Like, they are the absolute best. When I was watching it again this time, like, I'm one of those people that when there's guns involved, I'm like, okay, what what are they using? Like, that part of my military career, that was what I did. I worked with them. So I'm, like, looking at it, I'm like, what the hell is this thing? Well, turns out, like, I had to look it up. It was actually, like, a fake gun they made as a prop for the movie. And they just named it the Lightweight Forward Area air device unit like basically made it sound like it was a military weapon it's similar to the m203 grenade launcher but what this thing shot was like way smaller it was more like to shoot flares than actual like grenade launcher so i thought it was kind of funny they just kind of came up with their own thing because i was looking at him like "Mm, that doesn't look like anything i've ever seen when Hector's floating there and he's just like staring at the crocodile, I guarantee that he, uh, there's, there's a rule about wetsuits. There's two kinds of people, basically the people that pee in their wetsuits and the people that lie about it. I guarantee that he did that as he's staring at this thing. Cause basically based on like what we see at the end, this thing's about 30 feet long. They actually tested like the prop, the puppet for the crocodile Kind of like they did in Jaws, but this one they actually, like, they took it out into water that was similar and took it out before they painted it and put it in to see how it would do versus putting it into a pool versus salt water and watching the thing, the thing sink to the bottom. They basically said they went in with the full knowledge that water always wins. Uh, the mechanical design team... 
That's been my personal motto. motto. Water always wins. Water will always break something. Water is the universal solvent. Super glue breaks down in it. Urethane breaks down in it. Paint breaks down in it. Water is a nightmare. And we were in it for a full six months on the show. So they definitely put the actual practical stuff to the test. I have not heard the nightmare scenarios that they went through, like with Jaws and stuff. I mean, and they were using hydraulics with it. They made it move. So I I think the practical part, even though we didn't get a ton of it, um, when we do see it, obviously they they put it through the testing. So at least some people learned some lessons from (laughs) the the ineptitude of what happened with the shark with Jaws. So that's pretty much what I got for those ones. All right, y'all, here's the ending. Jack tells him this is his last little stunt. You're grounded. You trying to kill yourself? You put a deputy at risk out there, sir. Kelly says you hurt his feelings. Jack says, I don't care. Do you? And Sheriff calls Hector an asshole. (laughs) Kelly asks Hector if he wanted it to kill him. Hector goes on a spill, and Kelly says, cut the shit. And he says, I'm not going back in the water. He tells her we can't let them kill it. She walks back to the others, and Jack says, Florida Fish and Game will be here in three hours. She asks, what will they do to it? Hector says he has enough trank to stop him. Don't you think we're dealing with a bit of a miracle here? He asks, how do you say we just kill it? Hector says it's possible, and you know that. He says Sheriff has a cannon in case anything goes wrong. Jack asks, how do we lure him in? Ms. Bickerman calls them all cocksuckers as they have a cow hanging below a helicopter as bait to lure it on land. We're doing the right thing, Kelly says. You might feel different if you get eaten, Jack tells her. The deputies are getting their trank guns ready, and Hector lowers the cow into the water. Miss Bickerman says she's rooting for the croc. Jack says, well, we tried, as it's nighttime now. Jack radios to Hector, time to wrap it up. He says, hold on, he's coming, I can see it on radar, 30 feet away. They get into the truck, ready to fire. The croc follows the cow to shore. She's mooing, Kelly says. You wouldn't, the sheriff asks. Jack lands a trank dart into its underside as it bites at the cow. The helicopter cable snaps, dropping the cow, and the helicopter crashes into the lake. They ditch the trank guns and get the rifles out. Hector is on the helicopter, and the croc snaps at Hector, and he falls into the water. Hector spots it as it snaps at the sheriff. Kelly falls out the back of the truck, and they open fire on the crocodile. Kelly is smacked into the water by the tail, and she's forced to swim to Hector. Hector tells her to dive under, and she hides behind a tree for protection. Her foot gets caught in the root system as the croc bites around the tree but unable to get Kelly. She gets free and makes it to Hector. The croc attacks through the helicopter and gets stuck in it. Hector and Kelly make it to the shore. Sheriff says, look, he's suffering. I get to be humane. Hector says he's trapped and Jack yells to shoot him. The drugs are kicking in, Kelly says. Look at him, he's done. Hector stands beside it saying he's got nothing left. Kelly says we don't have to destroy him and Jack takes a rifle and shoots him with another dart of trank. Another croc grabs Hector, and Sheriff shoots it with the cannon, killing it. Back to one, Sheriff says. Jack says, flax him. Florida Wildlife arrives, and Sheriff says, we trapped him with our chopper, as the cow walks by moving, which I thought was funny. Hector tells Kelly is going to Portland. The paramedic says, we have room for one more, and Sheriff says he'll ride with Hector. Jack offers Sheriff his help with any reports, and Kelly gives Sheriff a kiss on the cheek as they take off. Jack offers Kelly a ride in his truck, but she says she wants to stay a little bit longer. He says if he's ever in New York, I'll, and they share a smile and a laugh. 
He walks to his truck and she walks to his passenger window and asks if anyone ever makes a move in Maine. He makes room for her and says they got a bar in town. You're going to complain the whole time. And she tells him to start the truck. I already missed the crocodile, he says, and they drive away. We now see Miss Bickerman feeding some baby crocs off her dock. Mommy loves you, you cute little buttons. In credits roll as we see the croc being transported on a trailer to Portland on a semi-truck. All right, Mike, that was the ending. What would you think? First of all, I'm glad that Shan mentioned the usage of hydraulics in this movie because the way this croc kind of operates in some of these scenes is just like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Like, I really, like, man, I think they did a good job with that. Like, I think if there's any big positive, I think outside of, again, separate from the CGI, which I, I completely understand using, but, like, the stuff that's not CGI, I think every bit of that in this set of scenes with the croc is fantastic. Um at the beginning here, though, they try to make me like Hector, and I just don't. <laughs> like, he's funny, but he's fun to not like. And, and they try to make him a little s- sympathetic, and I'm like, man, I kind of wish you just left him a little bit of an asshole. Like, a li- and, and, and that's okay. Like, those characters are good. Like, it'd be like making Stone Cold Steve Austin sympathetic, or like how Rob Zombie does with, with Michael Myers. Like, I, I don't need that. Just just give me the guy that, you know, he's the guy for this, for no particular reason. Like, I think some of that kind of takes away from his character a little bit. Um, this scene where they drop the cow in is straight up out of Jurassic Park when they drop the goat in. You can't tell me otherwise. I think it was a nice little subtle nod slash tribute. I think that worked out really good. Hector actually has a good plan though. Like I like his plan. Cause I don't, I also would not want to kill this croc. I mean, if you've got a, 20 30 ever you know foot croc you want to preserve that thing so you can study the shit out of it why is this thing so big so like i completely understand that uh i think it's a good plan this poor cow though oh man look growing up somewhere where there's a lot of cows around me i felt bad for this cow i don't want to see this you don't have to show all this man my heart went out to it um (laughs) this stuff is much better than a lot of the stuff we get in the first half of the film like i'm in for this part. Like, I think it's, you know, it has sucked me in to at least enjoy what's going on. The close up looks of these, of this croc is really, really good. Like I've already said. Now, the CGI shots, when it's crawling on land, eh, some of that looks a little rough. But when it's cut right with the, you know, the real, the real animatronic one, I think it looks good. Um, I will say, they do a pretty good job. I guess it's intentional to make me sympathetic to the croc. Like I like, at least I think they do because they kind of make you take Hector and Kelly's side a little bit. And eventually, you know, Jack does the humane thing by just tranquilizing it instead of killing it. Like, so they kind of get me to come on the side of the animal, which most of these monster movies, you don't get, like you just don't come around to that side of it. Uh, which again, I think is a little bit of a Jurassic Park thing because you do kind of come around to the side of these dinosaurs in that movie. And same thing here, which by the way, crocodiles are basically fucking dinosaurs. So that's that's what we're looking at. Um, I like this little twist of there being two crocodiles though. I think it, now to kill one was kind of like, okay, can't say both of these things. Gotta kill one, which I completely understand that. But I like that little twist. I was not expecting that. Um, right before that, I think we get a really good intense scene with Kelly in the water, all the, all the stuff with the tail and the, you know, being stuck and all that. I think it's really good. 
Um, the fact that the damn cow lived cracks me up every time I've seen this movie. <laughs> How the hell did that cow live, man? Come on. Um, but uh, the end here with Kelly and Jack just isn't for me. Like I, like, I haven't been invested in their on-screen romance. But if you are, I understand. My final note, this is the final line I, ha- the final line I have in my notes. Until I get to my, you know, rating and kills and all that. Although, there's only two fucking kills in the movie. Come on, man. You gotta do better than that. I mean, when you compare it side by side with Anaconda, Anaconda kills every fucking body. This movie kills two people. Anyway, uh, my final line that I wrote was, this movie needed more... Betty White. But we get it a little bit here at the end, and that's what makes me so sad. Uh, I'm like, man, if you could have had her as a main... Man, that's what the the sequel should have been. I'll be honest, I've never seen a single sequel in this series except for Lake Placid versus Anaconda, because I just had to see what shit show that is. It's fun for what it is. But I haven't seen any of the other movies. I don't know if Betty White ever is on her character, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, I guess, uh, like, this final set of scenes is probably the set of scenes I have the least amount of notes for, but it's also the set of scenes that I get the most nitpicky. Uh, I definitely agree with you, Mike. I, I think the, uh, the the practical effects of the croc look fantastic. Um, and, and, you know, it, still got to still gotta love Hector and Hank and their, and their back and forth. But but just even even Hector's line of, you know, I know I'm a, a fat, rich, nutfuck wacko who's about as grounded as a street pigeon. That that shit just I, I don't know why, but that that hit me so so damn funny. Uh, Betty White coming in, finishing strong in this set of scenes. Uh, you know, asking if it's a crime to to uh, <laughs> a, a, a what what does she say? A crime to wish the chewing of law enforcement? I don't know, ma'am. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, some of my nitpicks here, which obviously this one, this one is not really a nitpick. This is in my mind, more of just a, a missed opportunity because, uh, if anybody else is a, is a fan of, of, uh, Independence Day, like I am, you know, I, I see Jack with that radio and I'm like, oh man, this would have been a perfect time to get one of those Independence Day level speeches from Bill Pullman. It would have been, it would have been perfect there. But um, but then you know just even uh, Kelly going underwater for as long as she did and getting stuck, I, I find it hard to believe that that she didn't drown. Um, and uh, you know the the introduction of the the second croc I thought was pointless. I mean I guess it was put there to to show you that there was a second, which you know obviously meant it was female and that there was gonna be babies and that that would spawn like the the sequels and everything but it, it was pointless and unnecessary to me it didn't need to be there and then um the very end there, there's no way you're gonna be transporting a, a, a 30 foot crock on a flatbed exposed you know going down a, a, a highway again super nitpicky but it just it it was just an unnecessary shot I think it just didn't need to be in there. But uh, outside of that, that's all I got. So I'm kind of with Mike in regards to like the romance between them really, it didn't need to be there. What I kind of likened it to was how 
like in the movie Speed, where Sandra Bullock is like, when you put two people together in these crazy situations, that's kind of what like will have people fall in love or whatever. I forget exactly how it's worded, but I just, she was, she's so unlikable. Like they try and make her better in the second half, but just, she was still such a bitch for the first half that I'm just like, really? Like she's obviously going to go back to New York. Like she is not the woodsy type, like doesn't want to be out there. Like I just, it didn't need to be there. Um, I just, it wasn't believable. So not a big fan of that. Um, when they're there and all of a sudden the second croc shows up and it's like, okay. But then immediately explodes it. Like looked cool. Like that part, but like would have liked it to have been there for more than five seconds. And then like, finally, like the guys from Florida show up and they just look over. They're like, yeah, we just, we trapped him with our chopper. Like it's it, kind of like the deadpan delivery that just, it, it makes me laugh. Like those are the lines that I like. Um, and it's all based on who delivers it and how they do that. Um, and that, I mean, that just, it made me laugh. And then also like the sheriff or, um, I think it was Hector who said to the sheriff, was your big gun fun to shoot? It's like, it was overrated. Like, and and that's part of like, I, I get a kick out of just the delivery with those lines. And that's, I actually put the note in there asking, cause I've never seen any of the other ones besides this first one. Um, with Betty White with all the crocodiles. So I'm like, does this lead into the other movies? Like, I know there was like an eight year gap and I know she's not listed as being in the next one, but I don't know if maybe they used it to transition into going into the next one. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I have no clue. I haven't seen any of the sequels either. <laughs> yeah. But like I got told Mike earlier, they're I was like, to, they're all direct to video. Yeah. That's so- all you need to know. Well, yeah, like I understand there's some good director video sequels out there. Like Child's Play has a few, but like this is the whole franchise. No, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. Yeah, I told Mike earlier, I was like, the cover art was so bad. I had no desire to watch any of them. Man, I hate that because that's like that's like half of it, man. The second one didn't come out for like almost eight years. Yeah. And there's five of these. Ooh, okay. Yeah, just milking it. Uh, any more final thoughts for you to jump into social media comments and questions real quick? All right, let's knock out Twitter first. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are big fans of this quote. Uh, three Knowles, Mariners, Browns fan three commented, if I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it, Betty White. You know, just just a fantastic quote. And friend of the show, Charles Reese, said, love this movie, and that's one of the best quotes from it. Uh, Randy Smith commented, y'all are killing it this month, another great pick. Appreciate the comment. That, uh, that makes us feel good. Great, great theme, Dustin. Um, and then the last comment on Twitter is from Luke, I am your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a fun movie. They don't make them like this no mo. I agree. I mean, just a lot of movies don't have that camp no more, and it's kind of sad. Uh, let's jump over to Instagram real quick. Chris underscore 2020, big fan of the show. Uh, he commented, Betty White is A1, and Oliver Platt chews the scenery like the croc probably chewed up Betty White's husband in this <laughs> awesome movie. <laughs> That's a great comment. Uh, another big fan of the show, Elbow.Tyler. He, he commented in quotations, I'm rooting for the crocodile. 
And yeah, I think everyone will agree yeah, that kinda. Betty White steals the show. <laughs> and the last comment we have on Instagram is from Tons of Fun underscore Comics. Oliver Platt was the best part about this movie. I've probably rewatched this with my family a few dozen times since it released. Can't wait to hear the pod. I appreciate that, man. Uh, I love when we get good feedback on our show uh, and our picks. Uh, let's jump over to Facebook now. This is the last one, uh, or last platform. But Joe Swinford, another big fan of the show, commented, Betty White, the real MVP in this movie. And she you know, she commented, that, <laughs> if I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. <laughs> And then uh, Maria Foster just agreed with her that she wanted to recite it too, but she beat her to it. Uh, Eric Doolittle comment, honestly, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Definitely nostalgia, and I li- also live about an hour from Lake Placid, New York, even though this movie was in Maine. Although the CGI was rough a couple times, it looks better than some we get today. The animatronic scenes look great, though. I'm a sucker for most monster movies, honestly, and this had a great mix of adventure and humor. All the sequels suck ass, though. Well, that that answered our question. And then he said, also, Bridget Fonda and the female deputy can call me sometime. <laughs> Hard to argue there. Hard and then the, the last comment we got is from Abby Renee. This movie is amazing. I can't even count how many times I've seen it. Betty White is gold, as always, even in her short amount of screen time. But I love it. Oliver Platt's goal of being a sexist pig is still amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no doubt that's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's just the charm of it listen absolutely and uh that's it uh, that's all we got for social media comments and questions uh y'all want to jump into fun facts i've only got one i'll knock mine out real quick and then kevin you can go next if you have any uh this is from imdb uh the crocodile as cgi or animatronic has about three minutes and 43 seconds of screen time i don't know about y'all uh i kind of wish there was more Me but too. You know, that's up to the view. That's up to the viewer. Some yeah. people like not seeing the villain. Some people want to see more of it. Uh, but Kevin, what you got for fun facts? Uh, actually, we said mine throughout, so I'm good. Okay, Shan, what you got? The only other one I have: um, the filming had to be postponed because of the weather conditions. So Steve Miner took on directing duties for Halloween H2O while he was waiting to be able to shoot this one. That's an awesome fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was made for a cool $27 million and made worldwide $56.9 million. So not great, not terrible, but not great. That's probably why all the, the sequels were direct video. Oh yeah, probably so. By the way, still- I still think there's a good, uh, like streaming movie here. If like Netflix made it or like Hulu made it or, you know, cause they just did a great job with prey, uh, or, or the studio did, but like still a good solid movie here sequel to this movie. They can make, you know, everyone's still alive, but Betty White, let's get it. Come on. Rest in peace to the goat. All right. Absolutely. Buddy. National treasure right there, man. Damn right. Absolutely. Let's jump into our favorite kill. Least favorite kill in the rating. Uh, oh, this is I'm real just... hard. Two fucking kills. <laughs> I'm going to kick this off tonight. Down, by the way. So I let you know, <laughs> I, I get it. Uh, I'm going to kick us off tonight. My favorite kill was the diver at the beginning. Uh, great opening, in my opinion, and hot take. Chan, I like it a little bit better than Jaws' opening scene. Ooh, oh, <laughs> no. hot take. oh, you're going to get hate from more than just me on that one. 
Well, I just don't. I don't pay attention to them. You're actually a good friend and teammate. <laughs> well, let's not. Hey, let's not shit on our listeners here, bud. Come on. Hey, I mean, come on now. I, mean, I feel like, like I have more people backing me than backing you right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know I'm in the minority here. That's fine. That's and I, I wrote, I wrote, don't kill me, Shan. After that, but then I just wrote, <laughs> the death is great. Seeing the sheriff pulling only the man's upper half out of the wall. I just like the gore of it, honestly. I mean, Jaws is just more of a. a theater of the mind as you know we all say on here but i mean jaws's opening scene is very good too i just like the gore uh worst kill i chose i chose the cow poor thing didn't deserve to die even though i do love steak so i guess i can't hate (laughs) in my rating was i just wrote a little paragraph very nostalgic movie for me that still is fun and enjoyable i like the cast a lot betty white is the g-o-a-t greatest of all time bill bill pullman will always be the dad from casper to me uh, Mariska Hargitay, Law and Order, SVU, hello. Adam Arkin, two-time DGOT alum, just to name a few. Hot take, but I like the over-the-topness of the dialogue and beef between the characters. The subtle and not-so-subtle nods of the horror movies, Jaws, like opening scene, and many more that Shan can name because I haven't seen the rest of that franchise. And then I, I also like this touch, too. I mean, I don't know if it's a nod or not, but I assume it is. The sheriff being upside down with a rope trap, just like in Friday the 13th Part 2. Nice job, Steve Miner. Uh, the cons are the title of the movie is one of them. This isn't even Lake Placid. You just said it. you wish it was named Lake Placid. Uh, needed more kills and some CGI didn't age well. Also wish they explained how the croc got there. Uh, Should have just made an alligator as well. It's a lot more believable. Um, and then this is the last thing I wrote. This isn't a film that will go down as an all-timer, but it's very fun, nostalgic, and enjoyable. I gave it a seven and a half. I think I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna be in the in the minority here, just in general. Seems like a lot of feedback. People love this movie. Okay, all right. Normally, I'm on the side of the people. Tonight, I'm not. If anybody else wants to go, I also have to read Dustin's. If anybody wants to, if anybody wants to jump in with theirs. Yeah, I can go. I can go. I mean, uh, me and me and Nico are pretty much on the the same level here. So, my God, uh, same. Favorite kill, same least favorite kill. Obviously, I love the the diver kill. You don't get to see the full attack, but uh, just the end result looked pretty damn good to me. Uh, and then, obviously, least favorite was the cow. Um, I, I just I didn't think it looked good. I, I like like the CG on it just did not age well at all. Uh, you know, real quick, my my pros, uh, pretty good campy horror comedy that doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, chemistry between the actors and the, the the line delivery between all of them is is phenomenal. Betty White stole the damn show. Uh, you know the crack for the most part looked pretty good between the the practical and and some of the CG effects. Um, you know great runtime with good pacing, and um, you know I, I like that they took the Jaws approach, and that you know you, you didn't get a whole lot of. You know, monster screen time, but, you know, I, I would probably be in the minority on that one. Um, cons, you know, obviously some of the CG did not age well. Uh, you know, second crack was pointless. Not enough Betty White, obviously. Um, not scary. Jump scares weren't effective. But, I mean, being a horror comedy, you, you don't really expect it to be, but that does kind of knock it down for me. So I, I gave it a, a flat seven. I can go ahead and read Dustin's real quick. Uh, let me pull that out here. I'm not going to do it in the voice that uh, everyone else does because I don't <laughs> have that in me tonight. But 
Also, he called this movie Lake Flaccid, which is just highly inappropriate, buddy, but that's okay. <laughs> I think that's another movie. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like yeah, a... It probably uh, does exist, so... I was going to say, that sounds like one of those porn parodies we mentioned <laughs> a few months back. Um, God, I hope not. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's, not, that's not the direction I would go. <laughs> I, hope, I hope Brian leaves that in. Um, okay, favorite kill... Drive-by decapitation. It was funny, sudden, and the effects looked uh, looked on point. Uh, least favorite kill: the bear. The bear wouldn't just run by all the people and turn around and stand there. Two. It was the first. It was our first good look at the CG croc, and it looked pretty bad. Uh, summary: fun little movie that has some good actors in it. Although Oliver Platt's best role was Jimmy King and Ready to Rumble, alongside David Arquette. This movie has a decent runtime, enjoyable mix of humor and seriousness. The story was questionable. Like, why even introduce us to Kelly's backstory? Agreed there. There was no payoff other than it got her to Maine, and even that's weak. Overall, not great, but not bad. We've definitely reviewed worse. Rating, 5.25. Okay. I'll do mine. Uh, So, favorite kill? I liked when Burke got his head eaten. I mean, finally get to see the crocodile, kind of. Um, And it's just the shock of everyone involved seeing it happen and realizing like, Oh, we're screwed. <laughs> um, my least favorite was actually the second crocodile when it got, it was like, it shows up on screen and then they literally just blow it up. I'm just, it, it was kind of like underwhelming. Like, I think they could have done something more with it for a minute or two. Um, like I said, I'm a big fan of, monster movies like this um i have a special love in my heart for cheesy shark movies so i kind of lump this in with those and it's definitely much better than some of the crap i have seen um there's some bad ones out there trust me um this one i can enjoy though like i I went through it twice today because like i said it had been a long time since i had seen it um so ran through watched it um, and then watched it a second time doing the notes and stuff. And it, it entertains me. Obviously, Betty White steals the show. Uh, I think that they did a decent job with trying to mix the practical. Some of the CGI, I, to me, it's not even that terrible. Like I said, I've seen some bad shark movies. Really bad. Where it looks like... Um, I guarantee you Brian could Photoshop better things than they have spent money on in these movies. So to me, the CGI compared to a lot of the stuff out there is not that terrible. Um, But it's a quick watch. It's enjoyable. Like I said, it's been a long time since I had seen it, but it was actually on my list to rewatch even before Nico brought it up. So I, don't regret watching it. I enjoy it. I gave it a straight seven. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, my favorite kill is Diver in the beginning. I think – I just love the half body. Like, I think the effects look really good on it, and I thought it was a cool kill. My least favorite is the second croc as well, Shan. Uh, I just think it – I don't know. I mean, it dies via gunshot, and that's kind of boring. So, I mean, there were, again, not a whole lot of kills, two human kills, which is really what I normally count. But the second – Human kill wasn't bad. I mean, the guy got his head bit off. I thought it was pretty good. Um, so, and I thought the bear kill was actually pretty solid. So, um, yeah, look, 
this movie is a half and halfer. Like it's got some good stuff. It's got some really bad stuff uh, and everything in between. And I'm just not invested in the plot. I'm not invested super hard into these characters, but I like the campy croc killing and all of that stuff. Like I think it's played really well. I think, you know, a lot of the effects look good. I think it's shot really well. It's a really good looking movie all in all. Uh, especially the cast, everyone in this fucking cast is pretty handsome, if you ask me, so that's pretty hard to do. Um, yeah, so again, it's not that I can't sit back and enjoy it, I just know there's better movies in the genre that I would probably go to first before I went to this one. So all in all, I gave this movie a 6.25. Alrighty, and with our five ratings, uh, our composite is a 6.6. And we are slightly higher than IMDb with a 5.7. So I'll take that 6.6. I'll definitely take. Oh, I didn't. What, ex- they, yeah, what do they know anyway? Yeah, they don't. They don't know a damn thing. They don't know shit. Unless they agree with me, then they, then they write. That, that's my that's my famous quote right there, buddy. Unless they <laughs> unless they're on my side, they're dumb. Everybody knows that. Absolutely. Uh, just want to say, Kevin, Shan, really appreciate yes, y'all. Thank you so much for uh, doing this thank with us tonight. <laughs> me and Mike were like, oh, I don't know how we're going to be able to do a show if we don't get these, <laughs> if we get don't get some help. But we really appreciate y'all stepping in. Uh, any more final thoughts on Lake Placid before I just shout out our blood donors and I'll announce Dustin's pick for next week? Yeah, I can't imagine the whole show just being Nico throwing to me. All right, Mike, what are your thoughts about this? Like I do that on other podcasts where I talk about college football, stuff, but that's a little different than this. This is – you know, normally a whole bunch of people, and it's just me and Nico talking back and forth. I don't know. He would have had to pull double duty, give his thoughts, and read scene by scene. That has been a lot of talking for you, brother. Yeah, we figure it out. That's right. Uh, but let's shout out our blood donors real quick. We really appreciate y'all. Camper level reoccurring are Clayton J., Nina, Michelle Mirza, Andrew Ferguson, Carrie Adams, the Horror Movie Crew Podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, and Sean Irwin. Our camp counselor reoccurring are Hunter Nelson, Dennis Kennedy, Edwin Hernandez Gunn, Joe Swinford, Jennifer Davis from the Too Close to Home podcast, Heather Smith, Kylie Denise from Australia, and Adrian Aiello. Really appreciate y'all. And our legendary blood donor we have a film review to do for is Michael Azelson. And we have two final guide donors we have film reviews to do. That's Christian Cunningham and Matt Sears. Just want to say really appreciate y'all. Thank you for your contributions. Absolutely. Uh, Next week we'll be concluding Monster Movie Month with Dustin's pick. Uh, a highly anticipated one, uh, 1990s Tremors. One, another movie I would say is a little overdue, Mike, like yeah, we do with, say, with A Quiet Place. Um, 100%. I'm looking forward to a rewatch. I've only seen the movie once. Wasn't the biggest fan, honestly, but, you know, sometimes you need a second watch to like it better. And next week we'll also, you know, if schedule permits, we'll also be doing Brian's birthday bonus, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. So we have two shows planned for next week. Uh, business is booming around Great here. Movie. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I, I I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't comment. I've watched anything. it a couple times this month. <laughs> I have yet to see it, so I'm excited. I've seen the oh, other it, It's so good. It. Also, shout out to Brian, who's currently, as we speak, really drunk at a work function right now. So shout out to <laughs> Brian. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Shout out, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Toasted. <laughs> He's going to try to edit this thing all drunk and shit later. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> uh, let's just conclude the episode by saying uh, thank you to 
Kevin and Shan again for stepping up doing this with us tonight. Absolutely. Shout out to our fans and listeners. Really appreciate all the great comments and questions. And shout out to Betty White the Goat. Y'all have a good if one. You don't, if you don't like our review, if I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. Oh, wait, I have one. So suck it. Just want to remind everybody. Don't do it.